You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hi, welcome to Catholic Saints. My name is Mary McGeehan, and today we are joined with Dr. Chris Mooney, professor of theology here at the Augustan Institute. And today we're going to talk about Catholic Saint, Saint Jose Maria Escriva, where we want to learn about the saint, uh, look to them for inspiration, and see how they are inspirations for us in our daily life today. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mary. It's great to here. be here. Yes. I know little about St. Jose Maria Escriva. I know he is the founder of Opus Dei. Mm -hmm. I know a friend gave me the book, The Furrow, mm -hmm. and had many short, pithy statements. Yep. Uh, and that's about it. <laughs> um, what can you tell us? Just where did he grow up? Where did he live? What time period? Some of the basics about the saint. Yeah, I, I, I think um, St. Jose Maria is someone that I wish more Catholics today knew about because he brings forth so many of the best things of the church today and of the Second Vatican Council. So mm -hmm. John Paul II said we could think of St. Jose Maria as the saint of, the ordinary, of ordinary life. Um, and and by that he means that the the sort of center of Saint Josemaria's um, ministry and all of his work as a priest and in founding Opus Dei it was the idea the sort of paradox of we can have the uh, in some ways extraordinary grace of holiness in very ordinary things in our very mm -hmm. ordinary everyday lives as parents as coworkers as friends getting a drink as um, uh, as members of a family, all these sorts of things. So um, that I think is such an important contribution from St. Josemaria today. So, yeah. so to give you a little uh, background, um, St. Josemaria was born in 1902 in okay. Spain, this little town in the Northeast of Spain. And, um, uh, and he died in 1975. And he's relatively recently canonized. He was canonized in 2002. Okay. Um, but um, there were 350,000 people at his canonization. 350,000. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. So you can tell what an incredible impact he had mm -hmm. in his lifetime. And it was yeah. when he was a young priest in 1928 that he founded uh, the um, the organization, the personal prelature, it's called, uh, Opus Dei, that he's most well known for. Okay. So. Very good. And do we know what his, like anything about his family life or his upbringing? Yeah. So did he um, come from a holy family. Yeah, um, he he did, um, and he, he was very influenced by um, the the immense political ter turmoil in Spain um, in the early twentieth century, um, which I think uh, I, I think it was he saw the deep effects of political divisiveness. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know, families being torn apart, cities being torn apart. Um, that uh, led to the Spanish Civil War early in the 20th century. Um, and I think it was this sort of thing that really uh, ha had an impact on St. Jose leading him to think about what, what is missing for people um, and what can I do for that? And I think that's part of the reason why he responded at such a young age to the call to the priesthood. Um, How old so did you say he was? He was uh, 20, 23, I think. Yeah, when okay. he became a priest. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then he founded Opus Dei just a few years after that. So. Okay, interesting. And for people who don't know about Opus Dei, what would you say some of the big spirituality components are that also help shed light on um, St. Jose Maria's spirituality? Yes, yeah. So um, 
Uh, unfortunately, Opus Dei has a uh, has sometimes has a kind of bad rap. Um, I think mostly people don't know what it is. Even the name sounds kind of secretive. Um, uh, anyone anyone who knows this is a, getting a little old now, but um, uh, the Da Vinci Code, you oh, know, yes. it was this big at <laughs> this sort of the secrecy of Opus Dei. Mm. None of this really makes sense, though. There are actually a lot of American Catholics, including many bishops who are members of Opus Dei. Um, Scott Hahn um, wrote a whole book about his um, gratitude for Opus Dei. Scott Hahn's a member of Opus Dei. Mm. Um, so Opus Dei, I, I think part of the... Part of the reason for this kind of secrecy is, you know, it was, it was started in Spain and is still fairly young, so people are kind of unfamiliar with it in some ways. And and there are these terms sometimes they use, like the term Opus Dei, um, which just is Latin for work of God. Okay. Um, really simple name. In fact, it has a really boring origin. Um, <laughs> when St. Josemaria was thinking very deeply about what he wanted to, what God was calling him to do, he was having lots of conversations with his spiritual director about it, and his spiritual director said to him, how's that work of God going? Um, and he said, okay, well, that's going to be the name, the work of God, Opus Dei. Um, so, um, Very ordinary. Very <laughs> ordinary, very ordinary, yeah. It, it does, it's, it's, and I think one of the reasons that, that for this is that um, Opus Dei doesn't want to stand out, mm. uh, reflecting St. Josemaria's spirituality. Um, it's really about um, how... How do you live an ordinary life that you nonetheless elevate with holiness? So, um, and that's, I think, I think there may be, we could think about like three main pillars, um, which are kind of also takeaways of St. Josemaria's spirituality that I think you find also in, in Opus Dei. Um, maybe a, a first one is what I've mentioned already, this idea of, of holiness, sanctification in your ordinary life. Hmm. And... Part of what, um, the reason that, that St. Josemaria founded Opus Dei is he, he said, we don't know too much about, he had this experience in prayer that, that he didn't share too much about, but he said that he had this vision, this vision of millions of ordinary Catholics in their ordinary lives as shopkeepers, as members of families, um, millions of ordinary Catholics imbued with great holiness. Um, and uh, I think um, John Paul II also says that, that God gave the church St. Josemaria to pave the way for the Second Vatican Council mm -hmm. um, because of how important the universal call to holiness is um, in the Second Vatican Council. The idea that holiness is not, and this was so so central to Josemaria's um, thinking, holiness is not something for only for priests. It's not something only for monks. It's not something only for your neighbor who prays a lot. Um, any, anyone can take up the call to holiness. Mm. And the way St. Josemaria wanted to do that, there were, there were lots of different ways, but he wanted to take the best of what made, um, you know, the, the sort of great contemplative traditions or monastic traditions, what made them um, sort of sources of holiness for the church and figure out how to apply that to ordinary life. Okay. And, and a lot of what that means that St. Josemaria talks a lot about is the importance of, uh, of having a plan. Um, so the first sort of way... Very practical. Very practical. Yes, Once all again, very practical. Yes. yes. I like this guy. Uh, yeah, St. Josemaria, the, the, the first thing that he wants to encourage everyone to do is know that it's possible to um, develop holiness in the midst of the world, um, and, but, but it requires a plan, a plan to pray, um, a plan to attend mass, uh, a plan to read, these little concrete things mm -hmm. that we can do, you know, even, even if it's just five minutes a day of prayer, um, but we can do in order to grow in holiness. Okay. Um, and, 
Um, and then to let that, to sort of let that break down all the barriers we have in our lives that make us think, you know, um, my piety is over here, sort of hidden away, yes. and it doesn't belong in my work. It doesn't belong in my conversations with my friends. So that's that's his idea of, of, of ordinary of ordinary holiness. Um, and two quick questions yeah. on this first point. Would you say, was he leaning on the expertise of any saints coming before him? Like some of what you're saying reminds me of, you know, St. Therese of Lisieux. Of yeah. Wherever you can be a missionary, even in, you know, this convent cell for yeah. the world. Or where, do we know if, there, if he looked at other saints for inspiration for this? Or was it... Um, really like the fruit of the graces of Vatican II and that holiness is for everyone, not yeah. just excluded for, you know, the yeah. monks and the priest. That's a good a question. I, I think um, uh, in, in I, I wish I could, I wish I knew of an example yeah. where San Jose Maria was drawing on St. Therese because they seem like they, they go so well together. Mm -hmm. You know, St. Therese, St. Therese is all about the idea that you can do little works with great love. Um, that you don't have to get, you know, um, in order to be a saint, it doesn't mean you have to do some great work. Mm -hmm. You can do little works with great love. Um, and I think that's so complementary with, um, with the ideas that St. Josemaria had about the yes. sort of ordinary things that you can do. Um, so I, I wish you. I could think of a connection. I, I, I wish there was, and not that I know of, but yeah. I do know that the saint that um, St. Josemaria frequently went to was St. Joseph. Um, uh -huh. because so little is known about the, the life of St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. um, and St. Josemaria took that in many ways as a sign that he lived out his, um, his vocation and his, um, and his holiness, his great holiness as the protector of the Holy Family um, in a kind of silence and obscurity mm -hmm. um, that wasn't incompatible with, with holiness because holiness doesn't have to be some great showy thing. Um, you know, holiness can be very ordinary. It can look mm -hmm. like being a carpenter in a small town in, um, you know, in the first century. Um, and so St. Josemaria often has this great devotion to St. Joseph. That's and I think you could see the same thing in, in Mary as well. Um, you know, we know more about Mary um, in, in scripture, um, but Mary too lives a very humble and a very hidden life. Um, and this, but the point is that this is totally compatible with yes. what it means to be um, holy. Thank you. So, um, and I, I think I, I, I uh, I'd sort of missed the point if I, if I didn't mention that this, a second point for St. Josemaria, a very important thing for him, um, it's uh, the term he used for it is called divine filiation, which is just, this is one of those fancy terms too, but it's not, it's not meant to be a fancy term. It just means a recognition that we are genuinely children of God. Um, so filiation from the Latin term for being a son, um, so that we are genuinely children of God. There's a story that um, uh, there was a, a young Opus Dei priest in the 20th century who uh, was giving um, a talk for Opus Dei in Rome and was very fired up and was trying to define the essence of Opus Dei. And he said that the foundation of Opus Dei is humility. And someone in the back of the room said, no, it isn't. Uh, and it turned out it was St. Josemaria who was in the room. And he said, no, the foundation of Opus Dei is divine filiation. Mm. And what that means, it's not, it's not just the sort of natural idea that because God is our creator, we can think of ourselves as children. No, it's the, 
It's the idea much greater than that, that as Christians, having been baptized with faith in Christ, imbued by the Holy Spirit, we are adopted children of God. And this is our great grace and dignity, that we have been elevated into this different role. And it means that because of our, our union with Christ, because Christ has taken us on as his brothers and sisters, um, that the Father looks at us that way. He doesn't look at us just as servants. He doesn't look <clears throat> at us just as creatures. He looks at us as his children. Yeah. And so St. Jose Maria's point was we need to adopt the same attitude. If we want to live out ordinary holiness, we need to remind ourselves constantly that I am a child of God. And this is not, this is not some sort of right that I have, nor is it some kind of default, like some, you know, oh, thing, oh of course I'm a child of God. No, it's a really, it's, it's the most precious gift that we've been given. Interesting. Um, one, one of, if I could just add one more thing, Please. Mary, um, one of the, the best stories about St. Josemaria is um, that he, he talks about this experience that he had, that he found it really hard to define, that he, um, one day, he, I think if I recall correctly, he was reading the newspaper and he, he just realized he needed to sort of put it down and, and go for a walk. And he sat down on a streetcar. And as he was riding the streetcar, um, he was struck, overwhelmed with this sense that he couldn't give words to, but this other than that God was truly his father. And echoing those words, you know, for anyone who hasn't thought about this, go look at Romans 8. Um, you'll see Paul talking about it there. But echoing those same words of, of Paul in Romans 8, that the Spirit of God makes us cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. And this experience that Son Jose Maria had was that he, he just walked the streets for hours mm -hmm. saying to himself <laughs> over and over again, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, yeah. overwhelmed with this realization yes. that he was a child of God. That, um, that is beautiful. I didn't yeah. know that was a part of the spirituality mm -hmm. because... It's the key. It, it, <laughs> it's as, not humility. <laughs> it is not humility, as he tells us. Yeah. <laughs> just, just because as you're sharing, what I think of with Opus Dei is sanctify your work, mm -hmm. um, what you do, uh, how yeah. you do the, you know, the little things and offer up those little things. But now understanding more deeply, it's that foundation of our identity exactly. in which that elevates and how we can, um, what we do, be a fruit from that identity of of the Father being our, yes. our Abba, Abba yep. Father. These two things go together. If you want to put in the practices, if you want to think about the sanctification mm -hmm. of your ordinary life, which is a really great thing and it's something Opus Dei is really good at, but you've got to start with the identity. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah. Beautiful. Was there a third? Or there was a third, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell us. So the other one, the other, the other, the other sort of major point of St. Josemaria's spirituality, I really see, also another kind of fancy term that he likes to use, but if you read St. Josemaria, you, you get used to it. It's apostolate. Um, apostolate is the idea that all of us have some kind of um, work and call from God in the church. And one of the big points of St. Josemaria was apostolate, this idea that you can commit a service for the church, is not just something that priests and monks and sisters do. It's not just something that's reserved for your pastor. It's something that all of us can contribute to. Everyone has their own apostolate. Um, and that apostolate can be um, the work that you do in um, the, the works of mercy that you perform for strangers, or it can be um, your work of evangelization to your friends and neighbors. This isn't mm -hmm. a work of your apostolate, and it's not, it's not optional. It's, it's part of the duty of being a Christian. But of course, it flows out of the joy of knowing our identity. And of course, your your apostolate can be very simply doing your work excellently with prayer and caring well for your family. Um, and so 
to see all, all the sort of things that you spend so much of your life doing, not just as sort of chores that you got to get over, but actually as opportunities to, um, opportunities to serve God. Yes. Um, St. Jose Maria loves to talk about the, the, the line from, from Paul um, uh, about taking on the aroma of Christ. Hmm. We put the aroma, it's, it's like a, he sort of talks about it like a seasoning we add to everything we do, you know. I, I've done my work. Did I season it with the aroma of Christ? I, mm. I cared for my family. Did I season it with the aroma of Christ? Um, good and we have to take, yeah, we have to take okay. all of this on. It, uh, mm. and, and that's what it means to live out our apostolate. Um, so those, those I think, are the, the sort of three big things. And you see these very clearly in St. Josemaria, and, and, and Opus Dei has tried to take on that spirituality as well. Thank you. No, it's very helpful, someone who's learning about it for the first time. Uh, and with the apostolates, is that also a fruit of the spirit of the Vatican II, too? As Absolutely. Vatican II, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, just that notion that the lady have a vital mission in the church. Uh, and just thinking how, like, God's timing is so perfect, how he yes. places these saints and also the times of the church to go hand in hand together to help flesh out yes. what so, that looks like. Some of my favorite passages from St. Josemaria's writings are when he says things like, I feel like this, you know, this cuts to the core. But when he says things like, you know, your head's up in the clouds. You're mm -hmm. dreaming about, oh, what it would be like if I could serve God in some extraordinary way, way out there, you know. Oh, if only I had become a priest. If only I had, you know, joined a monastery. If only I did have, you know, um, the sort of courage and the poverty and the humility of St. Francis. I, too, could start a religious order. But, but you know, I, I'm just a father. I just have a nine-to-five job. Mm -hmm. I've just got kids to take care of. And so Jose Maria says, this is a trick of the devil <laughs> uh, to distract you from the fact that you have an opportunity for holiness right in front of you um, and, and for your apostolate. So, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is, again, why I think um, John Paul II said so beautifully that, that God gave the church St. Jose Maria as a, as a preparation for the universal call to holiness. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. No, that's beautiful. And personally, how did you discover St. Jose Maria Escriva? Do you have a devotion in your daily life of how you enter into what he's taught you? Yeah, most, um, I, I discovered St. Jose Maria um, from other people who love St. Jose Maria, yeah. you know, who are, who are part of Opus Dei. Um, uh, people, um, because Opus Dei, the, the term means work of God, um, sometimes people just call it the work. Hmm. Um, but I met a very holy priest who was a um, member of, of Opus Dei, you know, many years ago, and um, and he introduced me to St. Josemaria. Um, I'd say most of my my devotion to St. Josemaria has been um, uh, kind of in the form of like a student, as, a, as someone who, mm -hmm. who learns from him. And um, you mentioned his book, Furrow. Um, he wrote these, these books like Furrow and another one called The Way, another one called Forge. Um, these are, yeah, he has, as you said, lots of sort of little pithy, mm -hmm. um, pithy bits of advice. Sometimes they can be a little uh, harsh or strong, but That's I think true. it's... it's it um, like a punch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, someone once suggested to me, you have to read it like he's talking to himself, and then you realize mm -hmm. he's, he's trying to stir himself up. But okay. <laughs> the other thing that I've really benefited from, from St. Jose Maria, um, are his homilies. He has, mm -hmm. there are a number of collections of his homilies. Uh, my favorite is one called Christ is Passing By. Um, and if you want a sense of, I mean, his homilies are really easy to read, they're great spiritual reading, um, but if you want a sense of, uh, you know, to learn from St. Josemaria, um, yeah, the sort of two best ways are, are to get to know people who, who also have a devotion to him and live it out, you know, mm -hmm. um, priests or members of Opus Dei, um, 
uh, or um, or both, but uh, and um, read read uh, his writings. I think his homilies are actually a really great place to start. That's a great idea. And what was the one homily you recommended? Christ is Passing By. It's the name of the book, actually. Okay. Uh, The book has lots of different homilies in it, but the book is called Christ Christ is Passing By. by. Yeah. Um, There are are a lot of collections of his homilies, um, but that's a good one to start with. Great. I didn't know. You could access his homilies. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And his feast day is June 26th. Is that correct? I think so. (laughs) I think his feast day is June 26th. Uh, Anything else you'd like to share about St. Jose Maria? No, uh, just um, that he's a great saint to get to know, especially Amen. for the church today. Yes, yeah. very good. Well, St. Jose Maria Espiva, pray for us. Amen. Thanks for joining. You can watch these interviews in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.